Mind the Gap Podcast, Episode 1. Hello and welcome to this episode of Mind the Gap. I'm Dr. Brandon Party Cooper, and this is the podcast designed to navigate the gap between ministry training and the real world. I'm here with my co-host, Matt. Go ahead and say hi, Matt. Hey, everyone. In this episode, we will be talking about sports and the church. But before we do that, (laughs) yes, yes, it is. Before we do that, let's just give a little introduction as to what this podcast is about. And so Mind the Gap is an attempt by myself and Matt to help ministry leaders kind of understand the gap between the ministry that they do every day and the training that they receive uh, on the front end. And so whatever that looks like, whether it was Bible college or a discipleship school or um, some sort of ministry training school, we all have gaps. Ministry is challenging and has uh, lots of facets to it. And there's no way for any of us to be completely prepared when we enter into ministry. And for those of us who've been doing ministry a long time, we realize we all have gaps. And so the idea is as a community, Mind the Gap is designed to help each other cover those gaps, fill in those gaps, and help us do a better job at ministry, reaching people, and making a difference. Anything you want to add to that, Matt? Yeah, and I think that um, a lot of times in ministry, uh, especially when you do go through a lot of schooling, I know uh, you know, I have a degree, you have multiple, and so uh, you know, we both are big, huge. Um, we love discipleship. We love ministry schools. We love uh, higher education. Uh, we're not against any of that. But then also, I think that there's a lot of people who are in ministry where it's day one of your new job and something comes up and there just wasn't a class for that, maybe because it was just something that was missed or it was something that, uh, you know, just is really hard to kind of make tangible in the classroom setting. And so uh, one of the things that makes me super excited about this is kind of having that open forum, whether it's on Facebook or through these podcasts, for people to be able to discuss, hey, this is something where I just want to get a couple more voices on. And what do I think, uh, you know, get some wisdom from the collective group. So, right. Good, good. So just a little introduction to the both of us. Uh, As I mentioned before at the beginning, I'm Dr. Brandon Party Cooper. Um, I've been in ministry a little over 20 years. Um, I started out in youth ministry. Uh, It took me about a year and a half to realize I was really, really bad at it. And so I quickly got out. Um, And since then, I've done young adult ministry. I've been an executive pastor. I've been a director for a leadership training school for ministry. Um, and so I've just kind of done a lot of different things in ministry. I have three degrees, as Matt had mentioned. Um, I have a bachelor's in Bible as well as uh, in biblical studies, as well as in youth ministry, which again was great use of that degree. <laughs> um, I have a master's in organizational leadership and then a doctorate in strategic leadership foresight. Matt? Well, I definitely should have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm Matt, I only have the one degree. I have a bachelor's in church ministries, uh, but I uh, also uh, have been in ministry for a while, about 10 years now, so it's crazy to think about, but been in ministry for about 10 years, uh, a lot of that being youth ministry, but also doing some media and young adult as well. Um, Currently, I um, am a community life director uh, at a church that I love up here in Michigan, and so also love to talk to people about uh, storytelling and um, just how uh, we can tell the best story possible with our lives uh, with the help of God. And as you can see uh, by my background, if you can see, it's completely made by 
action figures. And so I'm an adult. I would just like to point that out. Um, I'm a 30 year old male. And so just in case you were a little confused, but really excited about this journey. And tell them a little bit about you, what's your, your business as well. Yeah. And so I uh, help run a company called what we watched. And basically the thought process behind what we watched is uh, taking what makes a good story. That's kind of our overall um, kind of mission statement is what makes a good story. So how can we tie that into the story that God has called us to tell and using things like pop culture and using things like uh, movie references and things like that to kind of say, Hey, even if it's subliminal, uh, God is calling us to tell a great story and be a part of a great story. And how can we do that? So, right. And for me, I have a consulting company called Modern Inklings, and it's designed to really kind of take leadership and break it down into simple steps and simple tools and equip business leaders as well as ministry leaders to um, just do better uh, in their job. Leadership is tough and challenging, and there's so many different ways to do things, so many different tools that are out there. And I feel like uh, a lot of times we just don't know what's available. And so what I try to do is make those available, which again is is kind of where the whole idea be behind Mind the Gap came from is, you know, by networking together and coming together, we get tools in each other's hands. We help each other out and uh, hopefully do a better job at, at our jobs and enjoy it a little bit more. So, so today we're going to kick off episode one uh, by talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, very excited Did about the Super Bowl. <laughs> so as some of you may know, the Super Bowl is coming up here in a few days and my beloved Chiefs right here are yeah, in the Super Bowl yeah. for the first time in 50 years. Woo! I am so excited about that. I am a Lions fan, so that somewhat gives me hope. Like <laughs> hey, maybe someday. You can be a Chiefs fan. It's okay. Yeah, I, and that's the thing is I like the Chiefs. I think they're a good team. I like Patrick Mahomes. I think that, you know, I just – I'm very happy with this Super Bowl matchup. There's nobody in this matchup that I dislike. Uh, the Packers lost, and so that made me so happy. I am a Lions fan, and so uh, the closest I ever get to winning is watching the Packers lose. And so that just gave me so much joy to watch them get embarrassed on national television and just get completely demolished by the 49ers. And so part of me is thankful and wants the 49ers to win just as a thank you for demolishing the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. But then also, I have a lot of friends who are Chiefs fans. I like the Chiefs. I think they're a good, solid team. And so I'm a little bit torn here, Brandon. I don't know who exactly I'm going to root for. It's going to well, be. I good. mean, the obvious choice would be to, to root for the winning team. So well, yeah. Root for the Chiefs. But, well, but that's the thing is, I mean, ask me when there's like two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and I'll tell you who I was rooting for. Um, <laughs> but I don't know because I think the 49ers look good, man. Like very they're good. good. They're good. They got they got a tough team. They're going to tough so, defense, tough running game. So here's, here's my thought on that is the chiefs. I haven't watched either of these teams like super well. And so don't like, don't bet any money on this opinion, but at the same time, I feel like the chiefs always start a little slow. And then about like halfway through the second quarter, they're like, Oh my gosh, we're an amazing team. Why don't we try to act like it? And then they just <laughs> blow people out of the water. Like, I don't know if they just like to give, it's like a, like, you know you're fast, and so you give your little brother like a 15 second head start, and then you just take off. Yeah, but it's, exactly. It's well, something. and 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 really, it's it's. I, I would say they don't always start slow. The last two weeks they've started slow. Yeah. Last, you know, the the game against, um, oh goodness, the first game that they played against, um, who was it they played the first round? 
this last this last game was against the Titans. The game before that was against I don't even know. I just assumed they won that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they came, they came out and they made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And so then they had to to overcome the mistakes and, you know, down by 24 and then they win by 25 or something. Oh yeah. So, um you know, so so on that end with with Tennessee, they were just running the ball and running the ball and playing good defense and and kind of shutting us down and so um, you know, but, but generally that's not the way yeah. you start out. So, um, now again, San Francisco is going to be a tough start. And so we're going to have to be on our a game and yeah. come out swinging. So yeah, it's super funny because once again, Lions fan. <laughs> and so I was telling my wife kind of about, you know, she casually watches football and I was kind of telling her the backstories cause she loves the, you know, emotional stories behind it more than the actual game. <laughs> and so I was talking about how the 49ers were terrible last year. A lot of it was because their quarterback was hurt, and so they ended up with the second overall pick, and they got Bosa out of Ohio State, and so and he kind of really solidified that defense as a rookie, and then their starting quarterback was back, and it was like this perfect storm of they went from one of the worst teams last year to in the Super Bowl this year. Right. Um, I said, but it was also kind of weird because they weren't really that bad last year just with injuries and stuff kind of sunk them. And so she's like, oh, so like there's hope for the Lions. And I said, no, this is actually the thing that disappoints me more than anything is the fact that this is how it should work, is that you're bad for a little bit, but eventually you become good. And the Lions are just continuously bad. And so they're, 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 they're good at being bad. They're yes, they're, they excel at being terrible. And so but overall, I might just, for the sake of argument, pick the 49ers just, just to argue with you. Right. Um, but yeah, I just think that both are a really great team. I won't really lose. I'm excited because this is a Super Bowl uh, where I don't really have any stakes in it, which is kind of nice as a neutral fan where it's like, oh, I just kind of want a good game. I want to be entertained. I want it to be exciting. I want there to be a lot of offense and stops and all this sort of stuff. And I won't be stressed about it. Because um, normally even so, like I'm a somewhat Patriots fan because every Lions fan needs a backup team. And so, you know, they've been in it the past couple of years. So I had some rooting interest. But this one, it's like, hey, if the 49ers win, great. If the Chiefs win, great. Well, I'm going to say this. The best, time to, to, the best time to get in on a dynasty is right before they actually become one. So, oh, so, so. Here's, here's, your, here's your opportunity. Because in, in a year or two, you're not going to have any excuses. You're just going to yeah. have a bandwagon fan. So here's your opportunity. I mean, I mean that is – they win the Super Bowl. I know you guys do have the chance to make it like you guys were really close last year and then you made it this year. So maybe you guys lose this year and then you make it back and then you got, maybe there's one more step that you're just trying to jump over. We'll see. All right. All right. We'll see. So, (laughs) so you, you've been around church a long time. You've, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've done a lot of Super Bowls in church. Oh yes. What are, um, what are some things that you've seen churches do to kind of capitalize on the Super Bowl event? Well, so one of the big things that we did back when I first started in ministry, even when I was in high school, is our youth group did a Super Bowl party. It was actually super funny because we had to change it to uh, the big game party because there was some sort of copyright thing where you're not allowed to use the term Super Bowl. Right. Like where they would literally like send out letters and say like, you need to not use this or like we're going to sue you. And so like you can't use the term. So that's one of the first like legal things that I heard about. Uh, But 
where we would rent out, um, you know, a YMCA type building right. and we would show the Super Bowl on a projector and we would have basketball tournaments. And then at halftime, because you don't want to see, hear any of the naughty music or anything like that, <laughs> you would shut it down. And that's normally when you would do like a little, you know, a uh, quick little 15 minute sermon, uh, altar call, and then watch the second half of the game. Right. And uh, so that's something I've seen a lot. Um, another really popular thing that I've seen is uh, wear your um, jersey to church on Sunday. Yep. So whether you're rooting for that team or you just want to wear your favorite jersey, kind of, hey, we all know that the Super Bowl is on our minds. It's almost like a national holiday. Um, and whether you like sports or don't, like it's just this cultural phenomenon. And right. so that's another big thing. Like, hey, wear your sports gear Sunday morning to church. And so that's another thing I've seen at time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I've seen a lot of those. We've also seen a lot of small groups um, because of some of the legal issues that have come out over the years of churches showing the game and all that comes with mm -hmm. that. You know, they've been pushing it more into the small group. So, you know, your small group has a, you know, has a party or mm -hmm. um, whatever else. And so you see that. Um, so yeah, there's all kinds of different ways that churches are using the event to capital. Now I, I will say years ago, um, when I first started out in ministry, the general attitude was we're, we're not doing anything. We're, mm -hmm. we're, we're having services normal. We're not, we're not, you know, gonna, you know, we're just going to pretend like the Super Bowl is not happening. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, which, you know, has been kind of an interesting transition for me to watch over the years have you did you ever have any of that early no. on or was that kind of gone by the time you got into ministry i would say like i said it was definitely a big deal with yeah it definitely uh was a big deal for students um but then i also feel like that was just like we would always do that sort of stuff i feel like that's always kind of been part of youth culture is grabbing onto cultural things and trying to leverage them um for a church event mm -hmm. uh but i will say that it has become a lot more mainstream Sunday morning adult service oriented where the Super Bowl has started to play a lot more of a factor. Um, even in um, sermon types, like get in the game and like, you know what I mean? Where you're, you might not even be talking, it might not even be directly the Super Bowl, but you know, that's kind of on people's minds. Right. And so you're trying to tie that into what you're preaching or you use that as some sort of intro or something on your set to kind of tie into the whole football feel. Right. Um, and so I have seen a lot more of that in the more recent years. Mm -hmm. So, so how do you feel about that? You know, I think probably from being uh, from a youth pastor background, you have a unique perspective, but you know, you have this tension and I think the tension goes way back um, between sports and, and, and church. So, you know, what do you think about that tension that, not only exists, but feels like it probably is getting more so all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that I struggled with, especially in youth ministry, was where is that balance of we are constantly telling people that church has value and that church is important. But right. at the same time, I feel like we are trying to fit church in where we can instead of saying, no, this should be kind of step one. It kind of reminds me a lot of tithing. Um, a lot of times we say, hey, you know, God gets the first fruit, God gets the first 10%, and then with the extra 90, you figure out your bills, you figure out your vacations, versus the concept of, hey, pay all your stuff, and then whatever you have left, like, okay, make sure that you're giving. 
Right. Um, and I feel like sometimes church and sports can kind of feel like that as well, where we are saying, hey, we will kind of twist and move and be flexible around your, especially like I said, with students, your kids' uh, soccer practices and the volleyball tournaments and all this sort of stuff. And we're trying to navigate and kind of twist and bend over backwards to make church fit into those sports things versus saying, hey, this should be the most important thing. And then everything else around that should fit into what is the most important thing, fellowship with other believers. Right. Um, and so I think that is tough because I love sports. And so I think my natural bend is to kind of, for lack of a better term, cave to those sort of things and kind of just wave the white flag and say, this is such a big cultural thing that um, I would rather be flexible and do something or try to grab onto what I can than try to stand my ground on something um, that I know probably is not going to go the way that I think it's going to go. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, even when we were kind of even talking about this topic, I've really been wrestling with the thought of like, is that just me being um, spiritually lazy or is that just, or is that wisdom? Right. Um, and so I would love to hear kind of what you have to say. Like, would you kind of weigh more on the side of uh, when it comes to things like sports, is that just being wise and using the tools uh, that, you know, are kind of, you know, it's low hanging fruit because it's easy to get. <laughs> like, so right. if it's there, are we foolish not to take advantage of it? Or are we just grasping for stuff uh, instead of saying, no, this is what we're going to do. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I, you know, I would say the word that comes to mind for me is it's strategic. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, you know, in many ways, we as Christians and as the church, you know, we, we want to be countercultural because, you know, we serve a God that the culture doesn't reflect or represent. And so, you know, there is, a, there is this idea that, you know, I'm, I'm going to stand as a rock and not be moved. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you know, the Great Commission is always kind of hanging out there for us to mm -hmm. be aware of. And at what point do we say, hey, here's this almost this easy win mm -hmm. are we going to take advantage of it or lose it and and honestly i mean i think that every pastor every church every christian has to wrestle with that tension a little bit on their own the only thing that i would say to kind of throw into the conversation to, to process through is when we say no the church is doing this we're having service we're whatever and we're pretending like that's not happening at least for me, there's a little bit of this legalistic um, feel to it that says, we're just going to do our thing and we're going to be Christians in our Christian mm -hmm. circle. And, you know, whatever happens out there happens out there. Mm -hmm. When, you know, kind of like you said, it's low hanging fruit. People are looking for opportunities to get together. You know, even as a church, even if it's, it's just Christians that are coming together, it's, it's relationship, it's fellowship, it's, you know, building the community of the church that doesn't always happen during a service. It's hard mm -hmm. to deepen the community or the culture of a church. It's hard to deepen that just on the Sunday morning service over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's why small groups have been so vital to cultural development within the church. And so whether it's an outreach or evangelistic event, or whether you're just getting together as a bunch of Christian friends and watching the game and having an event at the end of the day, you're developing that deep cultural roots that for me become that city on the Hill that shines mm -hmm. bright, that 
the community can say, Hey, something's happening there. And I want a part of that. If we just mm-hmm. stay within our walls and shine brightly inside, nobody mm-hmm. ever sees that. And so, yeah. yeah, I think it's, I think it's more of a strategic uh, move for those who are comfortable with making that move. Yeah. And I think that also we really need to wrestle when it comes with these sort of things is, is it a spiritual pride issue on our part? Is it, well, that's, you know, they, we feel like if we kind of cave, uh, if we want to use that term to culture in this sort of way that we lost or that, well, we're not doing the thing that we always do. And so that's saying like sports is more important than God versus it doesn't necessarily have to be a this versus that. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked earlier about how I love with what we watch to talk about uh, films and movies and how we can pull biblical principles out of that. And um, I think that's something that Jesus did very well. Um, the reason that Jesus spoke in parables and he talked about farmers a lot of times was because he was talking to people who were familiar with farming. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're trying to reach people who are already familiar with something, maybe someone who's never opened up a Bible, someone who's never had biblical community before, but they've sat and watched a football game with someone before. Right. I think that, um, like you said, it's very strategic to say, okay, not that we have to do this all the time, but if someone is already gathering together and socializing, and, you know, fellowshipping together, which we see in the early church all the time, that people would just gather together um, and just for the fellowship of it, not even necessarily teaching or learning, but just the fellowship of a body of community of believers. Um, I think that that's something that we, if you feel comfortable doing that, I feel like that's something we should definitely capitalize on. Mm -hmm. Well, and too often we, we have the church on one side of the chasm and we have, you know, the world on the other And, you know, we see this with Paul when he goes to Athens, you know, he creates common ground, you know, he finds the, you know, the, um, the altar to the unknown God. And so he, obviously he takes advantage of that. He creates a common ground and he kind of invites non-believers into the conversation. And I think that Super Bowl and other events like that create common ground that, you know, maybe we maybe you know people on uh you know on the other side of the gap are not going to walk into a service or walk into our sanctuary or even walk into a conversation with us about god or the bible or anything else but they will walk into a conversation with us watching a game or Mm -hmm. talking about their favorite team or whatever and that builds relationship that then makes it easier instead of inviting them over to our side of the gap we walk them over out of relationship Mm-hmm. Just to me, it makes that process more natural, makes it simpler. Um, and honestly, I feel like strategically, it makes it more successful more often. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things uh, going back to youth ministry is I found that if I would invite a student to a midweek service, invite them, invite them, invite them, um, you know, that that works at times. But then at the same time, if I would go to their football game or their basketball game or their volleyball game or their school play, that relationship is built. And I could look at that from a very, you know, biblical standpoint of, okay, well, if they don't let me, you know, pray for them at halftime, then what's the point? (laughs) Like, but at the same time, I'm kind of walking in and kind of bridging that gap um, and saying, Hey, you're already here. Let me come to you and prove to you that I care about you, that I want to have a relationship with you. And then out of that, you can build those deeper, more meaningful biblical relationships. Right. Right. 
So for all the pastors out there, ministry leaders, churches that are preparing for the Super Bowl coming up, what advice would you give them or what maybe a practical tip would you put in their hands to capitalize on the event? I would say be authentic is important. I mean, if you're not a big sports person, that's fine. Like, you don't like, I mean, yeah, maybe know who's playing or maybe make a reference to it during your intro. I'm not saying you have to do a whole sermon series based off of it, but also know that, you know, it is a big cultural thing. Um, also know that there maybe are some men or women in your congregation who, if you're not passionate about it, they might be passionate about it. And so uh, that's something that kind of going back into the whole mind, the gap, knowing your blind spots and saying, okay, if this isn't something that I'm passionate about or something that, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that there might be other people in your community uh, that do want to do that and empower them to do that. Um, And whether it's uh, the Super Bowl or other sort of events that are going on, I think that just kind of be aware of what are some opportunities that maybe God is opening up that door and that what is God maybe strategically putting in my uh, path that, I thought that the reference to the unknown God, I think that that's a great example. Where are these spots of common ground that I can at least get this conversation going um, and kind of be looking for those? Right. How about you? What would something kind of, if you had to say one thing to a pastor who's maybe weighing out the options or even thinking about the Super Bowl and how it ties into his Sunday morning or his week coming up, what would you say to him? Um, yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. You know, I would, I would, you know, I would encourage pastors and ministry leaders to remember that to engage or to enjoy or to have some sort of fellowship within a cultural event does not make us less committed to God or less Christian. In fact, you know, for a lot of people sitting in your congregation, they they may be struggling with the you know, whether they should fully engage or not fully engage. I, you know, there's probably men in your congregation who really want to fully celebrate the game and be a part of it, but then also feel this kind of this moral dilemma. And I think if you're comfortable with it as a pastor and ministry leader, give them the permission to say, have fun, enjoy the game, engage someone in the conversation, draw them in, build relationships. Um, you know, sometimes as, as ministry leaders, we forget that our congregations, sometimes they just want us to give them permission mm-hmm. to say that it's okay. The other thing I would say, one thing I find a lot is if I'm not really a big football fan, I'm not really into sports at all, but I really want to engage someone or reach someone in this event, take the posture of, of a student. You know, mm-hmm. just because we're ministry leaders doesn't mean we have to know it all. Uh, you know, you find somebody who's super passionate about the game or one of the teams um, and just start asking questions and they will talk and talk and talk and engage with you <laughs> as long as you keep asking questions. And so, you know, I would say do that, be a student. If you're not super into the game or super into one of the teams, uh, be a student and let somebody engage you uh, and teach you about the game. And maybe on the, you know, on the back end, they'll let you teach them about something scriptural or about your church or about the ministry. So um, yeah, I just think it's an opportunity and we got to capitalize it on it somehow. So. Mm -hmm. man this is fun you like this yeah yeah pretty good i mean i feel like we didn't do anything too terrible we didn't you know 
commit any great sins during this and i feel like it went pretty well <laughs> i feel like i want to give a prize out to everybody that lasted this long so i know exactly like we should have like a code word at the end of every episode and if you can <laughs> type in the code word on our facebook page then like you get a candy bar or something. <laughs> right speaking of which so if you found this episode to be helpful or you've enjoyed it or you just like matt and his awesome background i want to <laughs> encourage you to go deeper with us and our community of ministry leaders uh, and find us on Facebook. We're under I Will Mind the Gap. And you can go on there. You can ask a question. You can engage in the questions that are there. Um, you can you know, post something to one of us that you want us to cover maybe in a future episode. Um, but you can go to Facebook. You can find us on there. I Will Mind the Gap. And we'll just keep uh, answering questions and tackling some challenging issues. So um, thanks for listening to the Mind the Gap podcast. Uh, take a moment to rate us and share this episode with somebody else that you know. I hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you again soon.